Hey, Takeover Church, thank you so much for checking out today's message, whether it's on podcast or on YouTube. We are so grateful that you are here. We pray it blesses you and encourages you and that you will like, share, and subscribe across all Takeover platforms. We look forward to seeing you on Sunday. God bless. We love you guys. How great are those guys? Yeah! Oh my gosh. I know we already made some noise, but uh, there's some other unsung heroes in this place this morning that got here early to make sure church could happen and we fixed the uh, audio issues we had the last two weeks. So can you guys just make some noise for our AV team in the back? incredible morning we've had so far, amen? Yeah! Awesome. Well, hey, if I haven't got a chance to meet you yet, like Scott said, my name's Matt, uh, me and my beautiful wife, Adrian, she's somewhere, she's up here earlier. We're the lead pastors here at Takeover Church, and it's an honor to have you. This morning, we are continuing our series, Roots Above, Branches Below. Yeah. Come on, say it with your chest, social distance. Ranch, oh, branches, what? <laughs> Roots Above, <laughs> and Branches Below. Say it with your chest. Oh man, come on. We are just all about heading into 2021 with just more faith than, than I mean, if you have made it this far through 2022, come on. God is doing a new thing in you, isn't he? you got to have more faith for this year than you have ever had to have. And I yep. pray that deposits just been huge on the inside of you for your faith because 2021 is going to be wild, okay? And that's what we're about. We are not about coming out of 2021 bruised, battered, and defeated. I don't believe that is the posture of a Christian. I do not believe that is where we set up our tent. That is not where we make our bed. That is not where we go to sleep. We are a victorious people because we have a risen, victorious Christ who defeated death. Amen? This is what we believe. It's just bottom line. You're not going to get from us, it's okay, later, well, you know, like, no, I'm sorry. We have a strong Christ who went to the cross, who gave it all to redeem it all. And we are going to believe it. We are going to hold fast to that. And we are going to see healing come. We're going to see financial restitution happen. We're going to see marriages restored. We're going to see people set free from chains. And that's what this whole season is about. Yeah. yeah. So y'all ready to get into it this morning? Come on, come on. And I feel like we just got to keep saying this week after week. I don't know why I got a conviction about it, but I'm telling you. Man, our, one of our chiefest concerns as a church right now is to uh, secure our own building. We are just going to keep preaching faith on that. We're going to keep doing that because you know what? We have more things going on. We have more services. We have our doors open wider to you. We can have more things available. We can have prayer rooms and healing rooms and all these things. And we can just host the presence of God in our own place 24-7. Yeah. And we can just let him do whatever he wants to do to take over church in the city of Grand Rapids. Amen. Yeah. So I'm going to say that every week until it happens, because that's just the conviction. Sound good? Yeah. All right, take notes. Yes, sir. All right, ready for the title of the message? Yeah. yeah. Some of y'all might need to put a seatbelt on for this one. Oh, oh, come on, boy. I was nervous about this title. I was. I was. This is this first word's a little bit of a curse word uh, to the church. Um, we don't like to hear this a whole lot. Um, it's kind of like a curse word. I didn't say that it was. Um, Three words. Play a game and hang in with it. Three words. Repent and receive. Repent and receive. Is that Brooke in the back? What's up, girl? Good to see you. So good to see you. Gosh. Repent and receive. Y'all ready for the Bible? Yeah. 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 
Y'all ready to hear about Jesus? Yeah. Let's get it. We're coming out of Matthew 4, 17 through 22. If you got an app or a physical Bible, you can turn there, or it's going to be up on the Sky Bible, uh, which you can still see. How cool is this light, by the way? Yeah. That was neat. We thought we'd make it real intimate today. Did you enjoy that? Yeah. There we go. Oh, the booth lighting. <laughs> booth lighting for the reading of the scripture. Oh my gosh. Okay. Matthew 4, 17 through 22. Let's get it. From that time, Jesus began preaching, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. While walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was later called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. They do. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. I immediately, they immediately they left their nets, and they followed him. And going from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. He called to them, and immediately they left their boat and their father and followed him. We're going to get into it. We're going to pray, and we'll see if the Lord will do something. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Father God, we just invite you into this space right now. Holy Spirit, come and have your way. God, your word says the two of them are gathered. There you are. Your presence is. Your person is. There you are in the midst of them. God, there's no if and buts about it. God, this is not up for debate. You are here in this room. And because you're here, we are just going to move ourselves out the way. We are going to do our best to get in the rhythm of grace of what you have for us this morning, God. So we open up our hearts to you. We open up our chests. We say, Father, come and operate. Father, come and move. Father, come and make me look like Jesus this morning. That's who we want to leave. We don't want to leave as Matt McClure's. I'm not raising a bunch of little Matt McClure's in this church, Father God. We want little Jesuses in this house, God. Grand Rapids doesn't need another Matt McClure. It's got one too many already, God. We need to have some Jesuses in this city, God. So come and move mightily in our people this morning and in myself. In Jesus, by the name of faith, little church, that. Amen. Amen. Repent and receive. Now, you probably heard when Jesus before he has said, Repent, or you will surely perish. Repent, or you will surely perish. Which is awesome. I love that. Never a question when Jesus says that. That's obviously like a very good place to start. But I love the fact that with our God, there's always so much more on the other side of that obedience. There's always something so much more. Jesus is telling you the ramifications. He says, repent or you will surely perish. But in this verse, in this moment, what Jesus is saying is repent and receive. Yeah. You see, in this moment of scripture, I'm going to hold my hand. I don't know. The ring is up. Think that. Um, in this moment of scripture, here you go. This is right after Jesus. He spent 40 years out, or not 40 years, far out. Uh, 40 days out in the middle of nowhere in the wilderness. He was led out there by the Holy Spirit of God to be tested by the enemy so that he could be who we need him to be as our Lord and Savior. Fully man, fully God, and fully without sin, able to take our sin upon himself on the cross. He who knew no sin became sin for us. So let's come back to say, Amen. That's you and me. And so what happened, as he gets done out there, he is supercharged, he is ready to go, and Jesus at the age of 30 begins his ministry. And in this moment, 
he sees these boys and he comes upon the land and he's getting ready to go preach the Beatitudes and the Sermon on the Mount and all of this is just about to go down. 30-year-old Jesus. And he says something. First thing he says in his ministry is not drop your nets and follow me. It's not repent or you will surely perish. It's not, hey, y'all, be Jesus because hell's going to get you. Like, he wasn't, Jesus himself even wasn't a fire and brimstone preacher. He knew he was better than that. What he says is, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. First words of his ministry. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent, for the kingdom of God is where? Is at hand. So many of us, we have read this verse, we've been taught this verse, we get so confused by this verse because so many people, when they read that, they're going... Oh wow! Okay, uh, I gotta like, I gotta repent now uh, because one day I'm gonna die. I'm not gonna get ahead. I gotta repent because like one day uh, something bad might happen, and I don't know where I'm gonna be when I go. That's where you wanna be when Jesus comes back. Like I gotta repent. <laughs> okay, do you know that from Joder? We got problems. But he says this: repent. For the kingdom of God is at hand, and I can't seem to fathom with every single part of me what it is about that statement that would lead us to believe Jesus, in any way, shape, or form, was talking about something that happens later. In this verse, he's not saying, repent, the kingdom of heaven. It's on its way. It's coming. One day. The earth is just going to be consumed in this fire and, and God's going to get you. Like, nowhere in this verse does Jesus ever proclaim that you've got to repent now so that you can get into heaven later. And someone in here is thinking I'm preaching heresy, let me tell you. Jesus in this verse, he is not proclaiming repent so you can get into heaven later. Jesus is preaching in this verse, repent so he can get heaven into you now. In this moment, his chief concern isn't worrying about where you will end up later. Jesus knows if he can get heaven into you now, you will surely get into heaven later. The chief concern of heaven in this moment it's not that these boys, this ministry, these Sermon on the Mount, all of this stuff that was about to follow the next three years of his life, his ministry, this was not about telling you about where you will end up when all is said and done. It's about what he can get into you now and begin writing a new story. In this moment, Jesus says, Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. It's at hand. We read this and we're like, oh man, the world's going to end and all this stuff's going to go down and I need to repent because one day and this, it's like, no. One, that doesn't make sense because Jesus literally just started his ministry. We also know he has three years of it and it's amazing. 
Now we also know that it's been 2,000 years since this moment. His chief concern wasn't talking about the end of days in this moment. Right, right. It wasn't talking about the far off one day will be. Jesus' concern when he started his ministry is the same thing that he held to the entire time. It's the same thing the church needs to hold to. And I believe it's what God is speaking to take over church, especially in this season right now. Okay, we're worried about political division. We're worried about whose lives matter and whose lives don't. And all these other things. We're worried about COVID-19. The world is in a wild, broken place where I can't even imagine why we're having the discussions that we're having because the chief concern of heaven right now is that for all people the cross of jesus equalizes everybody and the concern of the cross of jesus at this time COVID or not presidential elect or not whatever it is or not is that we would repent for the kingdom of god is at hand is at hand. I don't know why we're living in a world fighting one another when the kingdom of God is at hand. What are we doing? What are we holding on to? What is it in our lives that has gotten us so off mission and so off base when Jesus is saying, I have it all. Why are you going to wait to heaven to have unity? Why are you going to wait to heaven to know if your life and your voice matters or not? Why are you going to wait for eternity? The kingdom of God is here, alive, active, and readily available to you. It is here. Repent and receive. I just feel like there's people in this room this morning that God really he really just wants to impress on you. Hey, I'm trying to get heaven into you. Right. You got something on the inside of you that I put there before the world ever had a chance to rob you of it. Before your parents ever had a chance to abuse you and steal it. Before anybody could ever take advantage of you. Before you ever made mistakes and sinned. And before anything had ever taken anything from you. Before you ever had depression and anxiety and worry. I made a space on the inside of you where an exchange can take place and you can give me all of you and I can replace it with all of me. Heaven is at hand. In this moment in scripture, we see Jesus being Jesus. And he sees these boys he don't know. They're not primed and ready for this conversation. And here he is, fully awesome, fully man, fully Jesus. And he looks at him, just finished up proclaiming, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And he says, Drop your nets and follow me. Drop your nets and follow me. I will make you fishers of men. Jesus.
Jesus, drop your nets and follow me. The reason that is paramount, huge for us to understand this morning and grasp this morning and really grab hold of this revelation this morning. God is trying to get heaven on the inside of you. And unfortunately, there are things in your life that we have got to let go of. There are nets that we have got to drop. There are things that we've been holding tightly to that he's saying, reach out what you've been holding close and exchange it for what's in my hand, a.k.a. heaven. Repent. The kingdom of God is at Richard Nose. Richard Nose. My man. Richie Rich in the back. I love you. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. So many of us, we are these boys in the boat. We are doing our own thing, living our own lives, doing what we have always known is comfortable. And suddenly, the Holy Spirit comes up. We're in a church service like this. We're somewhere where some friends, apparently at an apartment in Mount Pleasant, Michigan, of all places. Come on, somebody. I guess the eagle is the only sort of sort of eagle. Come on. <laughs> Stupid joke. Uh, but so many of us. I don't even know if that's up there. It is, right? Sweet, back Anyways, so many of us, we live our lives holding to that. These boys, Jesus says, drop your nets and follow me. There's an exchange that he is offering in this moment. He's saying, take what's in your hand in exchange for what's in mine. Give what's in your hand and take what's in mine. Heaven is at hand. Drop your nets and follow me. There's an exchange here. For them, this is their identity, their fishermen. This is who they are. This is the things that you and I, we shake our fists at the sky and at society and at culture about, and we say, no, I'm that. This is who I am. This is what I'm about. I was raised this way. I was broken this way. This happened to me. This is my preference. This is who I am. This is how I live my life. This is what culture has said about me. These are these things, and we talk about this is where my checks come from. And we have these things that we hold so tightly to. And in a moment with Jesus, what he proclaims, the first thing he ever said in his messages, in his ministry, his entire life, is the very statement that he says to every single one of us when he starts a relationship with us. He says, repent. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Matt, you got to drop what's in yours and take what's in mine. Heaven's too big for you to carry in the other hand, son. Heaven's too big for you to carry in the other hand. I find it funny that Jesus, I think it's so often that we overlook this, he doesn't just change their occupation. He gives them a new name and a new identity. They don't just go from being fishermen. They go to being fishers of men. There's a total switch here. If we're going to get our root system right, if we're going to have our roots running above where they need to be so our branches can be what they need to be below here on earth, this is something that we have got to begin to get on the inside of us. He did not say, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is later. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's available to you now. And i got to get heaven on the inside of you because if I get heaven on the inside of you, I can get you moving like heaven and earth. Yeah. 
Getting into heaven later is a byproduct of Jesus getting heaven into you now. It's a byproduct. It's a byproduct. There's so much more freedom available to us, and we just walk away from the table every single Sunday, not realizing that there's so much more here. Yeah, Matt preached for 50 minutes, and I, and I, and I got a bunch of notes, and worship was great. And awesome, because I'm going to go for the rest of my week. There's so much more. Yeah. In this moment, Jesus declares, heaven is at hand now. Leave what you're doing. Leave what you've held close to. Leave what your identity has always been. Leave what has been your provision. I'll become your identity. I'll become your provision. I'll become your motives. Your motives no longer have to be selfish. You no longer have to live in depression. You no longer have to live the way that you've been chained by the same things you've been chained by. Right now, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent and receive. Repent and receive. How many of you guys know whenever Jesus wants to exchange you, it's never to shortchange you? Yeah. Yeah. Whenever Jesus wants to make an exchange with you, it's never to shortchange you. Yeah. He never subtracts from you without adding to you. Yeah. Yeah. Scratch that. He never subtracts from you without multiplying in you. Yeah. We serve the God of the multiplication, not the God of addition. Yeah. Come yeah. on, somebody. He is able to do exceedingly above all that we can ask, dream, or imagine. But that ask, dream, or imagine and unlocking God to his unlimited God-given potential in our lives yeah. begins and ends the posture of a Christian. The only way to live is in a place of repentance. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to live a life where I am waiting on the Holy Spirit. To have to uproot my life. Remember a couple weeks ago when we talked about, I don't, want to, like, I don't want to wait to change until the Holy Spirit says, you know what? It's time to get humbled, young man. Sit down. And something drastic changes in my life. I start free falling, but it's because the Lord did it, because he wanted to use me better and proper when I'm fixing up in a humble place, not a prideful place, right? Amen. But I don't want to wait for the Holy Spirit to have to do that work. Do you remember a couple weeks ago when we talked about saved, being saved, and will be saved, like the life of a Christian? Yeah. Let's recap real quick just so we're on the same page. If you're a Jesus follower, you come, you meet Jesus, God gives you his Holy Spirit, he seals you, stamps you, you now have the mark of a son and a daughter because of who the Holy Spirit is, right? You get the Holy Spirit. Then, that's called being saved. That's when you meet Jesus. Then, you are saved. And you're being saved. It's during that in-between season in life between when you first meet Jesus and when you go home and are saved to be set apart for God in heaven, right? There's that in-between called life where the sanctification process happens where Jesus and the Holy Spirit is just redeeming and saving those parts of you daily that are still further from God. Are we all on the same page? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Did you know 
that so many Christians, we just sit on our hands and we live tireless, powerless, convictionless lives because we are waiting. We're just waiting for the Holy Spirit to tell us what's wrong with us, to tell us what's still furthest from God's heart, to tell us where we still need to grow. We're less waiting for Him to do it. And because of that, we are tired. We are convictionless. We fall for all of our emotions. We give in to the news and the media and the hype of Twitter. We don't pray big, bold prayers. Instead, we say, God, if it is your will, God's like, it's all in my will. Life and life to the full. That's right. yeah. But we live this powerless, tireless life because so many Christians, we are just waiting on the Holy Spirit to change us. Because while we want to have our roots running above, because we're not actively pursuing the roots below that we still have. We're, we're ultimately just waiting on the Holy Spirit to uproot our lives when He's trying to tell us there's so much more. Yeah. Some of us, we're, we're following Jesus and we're talking to Jesus and we're trying to live this thing called the Christian life. And we're trying to do it and we're trying to move upwards. We know God is all about moving us upward. He's trying to take us higher, trying to make us more look like Him. Trying to just move mystically and amazingly and prophetically and, and completely redeeming our entire lives from the floor up to the uh, well, I work. Okay. Um, <laughs> he's trying to redeem every area of our lives and yet we have got these roots that are bitter that are running into brittle soil and we are broken hearted so while we're trying to live with roots above we just seem to have so many yet below that we have nurtured. Some of us, we have got roots that run down so deep and spread so wide into hurt because we were hurt at such a young age, at such a young place that you can't even, you can't even look back and go, I don't even remember the inside of the incident. I just know that I've always been bitter. I just know that I've always been just angry and dark on the inside. relationships here on earth. Where because we spent two years with this abusive person or two years with this person who just quite honestly doesn't bless my relationship that's going vertical. And we spent so much time and we know God has more for us and we know he has better things ahead of us and we know that he has a husband or a wife or somebody who is just incredible and is going to bless us and be the most beneficiary person in our life and who's going to push us closer to Jesus and shape us more like Jesus but because time is a commodity we have dumped two years into this relationship and as much as God is pulling us away from it we can't imagine being pulled from it. Some of us, 
we talked about last week. We want, we so desperately want more of God. We so desperately want to see more of God's healing power and God's ability to move and God's restoration in our marriage. And we want so desperately to see him just raise dry bones back to life. We want to have big faith to believe for incredible moves of God. And yet, we just got so many roots running the other direction because maybe at one point you tried to have faith and the person still died. Maybe you tried to try to pray the big prayers and the bold prayers and try to get loud about it. And sickness still came to your home. Maybe you were just downright hurt by God. You feel let down by God. Can I encourage you this morning? God can understand you being hurt. He can understand you being heartbroken. He is ready to run and heal and mend that heart as soon as you're ready to repent. So many of us, this is how we live in one of these areas. We want so desperately to have our roots running above, but we are trapped and we are entangled and we have just got weeds on weeds on weeds and roots on roots on roots and we are just stuck. And Jesus is declaring there is more available to you. Repent and receive. One of the most powerful, most dangerous prayers you will ever begin to do as a Christian is in this moment, is with this message, is what you do on the other side of this service today. The prayers you begin to say, are we going to wait? Are we going to wait for the Holy Spirit to have to humble you? Are we going to wait for the Holy Spirit to have to reveal your emails to your wife? Are we going to have to wait for the Holy Spirit to have to change these things in your life, bring them to light? Jesus said later on, all things hidden will be revealed. Are we going to wait for the Holy Spirit to do the heavy lifting, to expose the darkness on the inside of us? Or are we going to be a people that decide to pray this prayer and say, God, today, 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 repentance is not just a one-time thing. Don't get legalistic with me, okay? Not saying legalism, obviously, except Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior. Repent going this way, and then you go this way. Let me clarify. Yes, your sign is still delivered. You got this, okay? You and Jesus, you're good, all right? Not saying this is not legalism, and this is not Catholicism, okay? I'm not encouraging you to go to some box or some guy that you don't know and can't see through the you know, corkboard and uh, try to tell him what's going on. I'm not advocating for that at all. What I'm saying is, is that there is more power available to you that you are not accessing because you are living how you wish. Yeah, man, that's good. Am I wrong? No. There's more power available to you that you will not access when you are living by your emotions. There's more power available to you that you will not access when you are firmly rooted in your past. There's more power available to you that you will not have access to when your roots are running to the things below than the roots that need to go into the things eternal that are above. Yeah, come on, man. 
Come on, somebody. There is more available to you. So many of us, we live our lives waiting for the wreckage to happen, waiting for the Holy Spirit to have to move, waiting for God to do a new thing in our lives. So often when he says we're going to do a new thing, do you know what that means? It means a humbling thing's going to happen first. Yeah. <laughs> but did you know, did you know that there is a supercharge available to you, that there is a new level available to you, that you don't have to wait to be humbled by the Lord. That you can just humble yourself before the Lord, okay? Let's not wait to be humbled by the Lord. Let's just decide today that we're going to be a people that humble ourselves before the Lord, amen? Come on, somebody. I know there's somebody who needs to hear that today. And we humble ourselves before the Lord, and we just go, Holy Spirit, what's in me? What is in me? What is a part of me? What are my motives? What are my thoughts? What are things in my heart? What are the chains that I can't see? What are the areas in my life that are still furthest from you? I know that you are continually saving me. I know that you are drawing those areas close, God. But I don't want to wait to until I get to heaven to have the power that comes along with absolute freedom here. And now, God, examine me. Examine my thought life. Examine my marriage. Examine the innermost parts of me, God. I don't want to walk away from the table with you every single day knowing that there was more available to me. God, sit me down. And tomorrow I'm going to wake up and I'm going to ask you, Holy Spirit, how did I do yesterday on those areas you revealed to me? God, show me where else I need to go. I want to repent and I want to receive. I want to repent and I want to receive. Daily repentance can lead to daily deposits. Daily repentance can lead to daily deposits. Frequent repentance can lead to frequent deposits. Deposits of what? Of power. To be free. To live away from our chains and away from our shame and away from anxiety and away from doubt and live like a son and a daughter of the Most High God and pray like we're a son and a daughter of the Most High God and host healings and words of knowledge and see people raised back to life. Repentance can lead to new deposits. Talking to people this week who just kept saying, I want a fresh word from God. And that's just kind of where this message was birthed out of. Repent and receive. You're that person who is who was hurt. And you've got bitter roots. They're just going down deep into brittle soil. You're just brokenhearted. The prayer you got to start praying is, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, I've been hurt. And I know you were more familiar with my pain and my hurt than even I am. Because you know me better than I know myself. I know you can recognize hurt in my life that I can't even see yet. 
but I'm reactionary because of it. And God, if you will lead me away from that hurt, God, I will repent for that hurt right now. God, I will lay it over. God, I will hand it to you. I will drop my net of pain. I will drop my net of hurt. I will get out of this hurt boat. And God, I will follow you in this area of wholeness. somebody in your life group or uh, maybe you just felt like the Holy Spirit was leading you out of it and you have yet to cut it off. Man, I think I think what God wants you to begin praying is Holy Spirit Holy Spirit, you know how much I've sunk into this. You know how much pain I've endured. You know how many tears I've shed. But God, this is messing up our relationship. But I just can't seem to cut myself loose. I got a tether. I got a bind. I am stuck on this person and I don't know what's going on. Father God, please reveal to me how much of a better relationship you are for me than this person. Lead me away from this person. Lead me away from this. If you will lead me away, I will repent of this relationship and I will live free. I don't want to wait till I get to heaven to have the relationship I'm supposed to have now. That's a word for somebody. I don't want to wait till I get to heaven to not just have the earthly relationship that you should have now. I'm talking, don't wait till you get to heaven to have the relationship with God that you could have had right now. Amen. Oh, I'm a wild in here. My mind is blown. That's the Holy Spirit. Why are we waiting as Christians? Come on, if we can go to God daily, Jesus is saying, repent, receive, the kingdom of God is here. Now, why are we waiting till we die to have the relationship with God that he is saying we can have now? Come on. Let's go, why? Why are we waiting till we leave that battered relationship when we die or they die to have the relationship with God that we can have now? If we just begin to ask the Holy Spirit, examine the innermost parts of me and take from me. What has kept me in this place where I have stayed far too long and it's cost me more than I ever wanted to pay? Take it, God. Take it. Because you're more than enough. And if you're in here, maybe where you're at, maybe you are like, I love this church. It is audacious. It is buck wild. This is the craziest thing. Like, I don't know what's going on. This dude can't even say the word rip right. Uh, And it's on his thing. But I love it. And there's just something about the Holy Spirit being here. And I don't know how to come to grips with all the healing, the things that they're showing and talking about and all these things. But God, I want it. But at my last church, I had a dear friend of me that I try to get people to pray for him. I try to pray for him. They passed on. For whatever reason, God, I've been mad at you ever since. I've been hurt ever since. 
Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit would have you just open your heart up to Him. Holy Spirit, I repent of this hurt that I feel, this broken heart that I have towards you. This moment in time, this situation, this death, and everything that has followed my bitter and corrupted heart since, God, I repent. If you would just lead me away. God, I want to believe more. I want to see you do more. I want to get in on the healings and everything else, God. I want you to use me mightily, God. So if repentance is what is needed to receive, then God, consider me moving out the way I hand it down. I lay down my net of pain, my net of heartbrokenness, my net of disbelief, my net of doubt, and Holy Spirit, right now, I'm going to pick up my cross and I'm going to follow you. She might even meet me there one day. I don't know. <laughs> but the more Matt is at the charge in my life, the more he is leading and stewarding. The more Matt is leading and stewarding this church, the worse off it's going to be. What I need daily is more of him and less of me. Yeah. So much so, I legit have John 3.30 tattooed on my forearm. I'm that dumb, and I need to know daily that there's got to be less Matt and far more God. I also did the same thing with like my period tattoos when I was 16 years old and didn't ask my parents for permission to get. But it was so I could look down and make sure I didn't make some dumb decisions. You know what I'm saying? But why do we want to wait? What is it about the human condition that would rather, you know what, I'm going to do me. I'm going to serve at church. I'm going to play up here in the worship team. I'm going to do me. And you know what, if God has a problem with me, he'll say something. He'll do something. No, 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 no. God's not here to steward your call. God's here to save your call. Yeah. Amen. Come on. I will. I just wait. I let it sink in. God's not here to steward your call. He's here to save your call. Yeah. It's you and me that got to fight the good fight of faith that Paul says. Yep. Yeah. It's you and me that got to say, God, today I'm going to hit that daily repentance so I can get that daily deposit. And again, I'm not saying that you need to go and be like, oh, Father God, I just I, you know, looked at that girl the wrong way at the grocery store. And, you know, 
Like, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying you've got to keep a tally or lashes or a ledger of all of your wrongdoings. I'm saying invite the Holy Spirit in every single day. End of the day, beginning of the day. Beginning of the day, help me be better at what you convicted me of yesterday. End of the day, Holy Spirit, how did I do today? Show me. If I miss the mark, I'm here to try again tomorrow. Amen. And guess what? God is here to try again tomorrow. Amen. Man, he's here to save your call, not steward your call. Stewarding your call is your job. Stewarding your soul is your job. The Holy Spirit can be more alive and active in your life and in your innermost beings. If you would just get down on your knees twice a day and go, what does today need to look like for change? And how did I do today in that change? And let him take from you what is furthest from him and give you what is closest to him. Heaven. Heaven is at hand. Amen. Yeah. Can I read you one more scripture? Yes, yeah. Y'all love the Bible? Yeah. Is this good for anybody? Yeah. Come on, somebody. You want to just uh, give a COVID-friendly uh, praise up to God real quick one time? Probably drink some water, five-second praise break. Go. Yeah. <laughs> Or creed to see them as God has told you to see them. Right. 
The more you are cleansed of unrighteousness, the more righteousness can be added onto you, yeah. and the more of a Holy Spirit heavyweight you can actually be, yeah. the more power that will be available to you, the more righteous He gives you, the more powerful you will become. Yeah. But so many of us were scared to, we're scared to say that prayer. Amy, you can make a right here. Thank you, sound a little spiritual. Some of us were so scared to say these prayers. Because we are uncomfortable with what he's going to find. God, search my innermost being. Search my marriage. Search my mindset. Search my doubt. Search my fear. Search every part of my being, God, the depths of my soul today. Search it.
Don't wait for your job to fire you. Repent and receive. Don't wait. Don't wait until Pastor Matt preaches a message exactly on what you've been struggling with for 15 years and hasn't done a thing to change. To decide and then hear the Holy Spirit and get ready. Start today. Invite the Holy Spirit in today. Jesus, he is trying to get heaven on the inside of you. You will get inside of heaven later, but right now the chief concern is to get heaven on the inside of you. He needs more of his brothers. God needs more of his sons and his daughters to be more filled with heaven and less filled with regret. Friends, can I encourage you this morning? When you repent of hell, you will receive heaven. When you repent of brokenness, you will receive wholeness. When you repent of sickness, you will, you will receive wellness. When you, when you repent of disbelief, you will receive faith. He will take all unrighteousness from you, any and all of it. Even if you think it's too dirty for him to handle his hands purified. He will take all unrighteousness from you. In exchange, he will give you more righteousness and more power and more heaven will be made available to you. A fresh start every single day, and you can begin to co-labor with the Holy Spirit to be who God sent Jesus Christ to the cross for you to be. I preach to anybody this morning. Strength to do it, rest in Him. Lean into Him. 
Get out of your comfort boat and get in the water. He's on the shore on the other side of your insecurities. He's on the shore on the other side of your obedience. He's on the shore and he is right with righteousness. He says, repent for the kingdom of heaven is where? At hand. Would you guys stand with me? Right now. 